You are listening to Trailcast on Mountain Bike Radio. Hello, and welcome to Episode 9 of Trailcast on the Mountain Bike Radio Network. Hey, Mountain Bike Radio listeners, you want to know what grinds my gears? Wilderness designations being made out of areas that contain fantastic trails, making them inaccessible to mountain bikers. This will be the third time I've talked about boulder white clouds. Unless you've been living in a hole, under a rock, in a soundproof box, you've probably already heard that the bill passed and was signed into law designating huge portions of this beautiful area as protected wilderness. I want to make a few points here. First of all, I'm not against protecting and preserving natural wilderness areas. Anyone who has been around mountain biking long enough has seen great trails go away or scenic views disappear due to development. Make no mistakes, I want my kids to be able to look out off the side of a mountain and see nothing but the vast, beautiful emptiness of the wilds, where details slowly come into view and you realize it's not empty. There just aren't any buildings or roads or lights or anything else polluting the view. I'd also like them to be able to get there to the side of that mountain any way that they want to, provided it doesn't include an engine, you know, like a mountain bike or something. Let's talk about that. Mountain bikes aren't allowed in wilderness areas because they are deemed to be mechanized travel. I suppose that's um, supposed to be somehow damaging to the wilderness or make it less wild or natural. Um, Let's discuss what you can do. You can hike, ride horses, kayak, canoe, ski. These are all considered natural or human-powered recreation opportunities or primitive recreation, which was one of the ideas behind the creation of wilderness areas to start with. In fact, for the first 20 years wilderness designations existed, it was not illegal to ride a bike in the wilderness area. Only when commercial mountain bikes started to show up did this become the law. The problem is, the law was passed due to uncertainty. No one really knew what to expect from mountain bikers or mountain bikes, but now, more than 30 years since mountain bikes were outlawed in wilderness areas, we have a reputation, and it's actually not all that bad. To add to that, the numerous studies that show uh, bikes have little significant impact beyond that of hiking and much less than horses. Trust me, if you've ever seen what a galloping horse can do to a wet trail, um, you know, that the average mountain biker wouldn't even think about riding on, you'll understand where I'm coming from. Why can't we ride bikes in a wilderness area? It's not motorized. Mountain bikers, in my experience, volunteer more time to maintain trails than any other group. A bike is no more mechanical than the bindings on a cross-country ski. Yes, it's time we revisit what a wilderness designation means. Now, we all know that I'm all about EMBA. I think, really, they do way more good than they do harm, which isn't necessarily the most popular view in some mountain biking circles. But this is my show, not theirs. That said... EMBA has been trying to negotiate less disruptive wilderness boundaries, which has helped some, but it hasn't really addressed the root of the problem, which is that um, it's backwards not to allow mountain biking with all of the things that you can do in a wilderness area. I mean, why can you ride a horse um, or cross-country ski or 
use a boat that has oarlocks. I mean, all of that stuff is mechanized, right? Right. Um, but you, you know, you can't ride a bike there. I'm sorry. Um, let's see. What what can we do here? There's an organization out there that's called the Sustainable Trails Coalition. Uh, their website is uh, sustainabletrailscoalition.org. I'll put that in the show notes. Um, but they're trying to address that politically. They're going to lobby in the halls of government in Washington, D.C. to have this changed. It might help if um, as many of my three make that four. I'll get to that in a minute. There are actually four people that listen to the show. Um, as many of the four listeners as possible gave them some support. I also sincerely hope that the good folks at the Sustainable Trails Coalition, um, after leaving the halls of government, will 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 bathe because I'd hate for them to catch something. But enough about Washington. Seriously. The Sustainable Trails Coalition is not a nonprofit organization. Okay, so this isn't a tax deductible thing. Um, they're they're a political thing. Okay, they're they're going to try and and change what it means to be a wilderness designation or to um, address this situation in some way that you know where where mountain bikers have done, for instance, a significant amount of work in oh say Boulder White Clouds maybe. For the trail systems there, uh, that perhaps um, they could still have access to those trails, um, you know, within a specific part of the wilderness designation, however it ends up working. Um, these guys, the professionals, they're going to handle it. I want you to know that they're out there because I want you to know that uh, it, it really only takes one time going man, this is an awesome trail. And then having somebody say, you can't ride here anymore. Um, man, it's like having your bike stolen or something. It's really that level of pissing me off. I hate bike thieves. Um, I was scarred as a child, man. I had a bike stolen when I was in the fourth grade and I've never gotten over it. I hate a bike thief. I hate trail thieves. That's what these people are. They're trail thieves. So I want to go from trail thieves and bike thieves and more trail thieves to um, something that inexplicably makes me almost as mad as either one of them. Um, Vernon Felton. I don't know. Uh, I'm guessing some people might know who Vernon Felton is. I'm guessing he probably doesn't listen to this. If Vernon, if you listen to this, um, this is a public apology for public comments I've never made before about 75% of the time when Vernon Felton writes something down, I want to punch him in the mouth. Um, I just, I, I read stuff he writes and it makes me mad. Um, he did something very recently called the gathering storm. It's a video. You guys search for it. Vernon Felton, the gathering storm. It addresses, um, some of the views involved in all of this nonsense with wilderness areas. And there were some very interesting things brought to light in the video. And I'm not going to talk about it because I don't really want to be like, hey, look at this. This is the problem. I want other people to look at it and I want maybe the same thing to occur to them. Sort of like I'm not hard selling the Sustainable Trails Coalition like they're the next multi-level marketing product that's going to save your life. Um, 
I want you to go research it. I want you to look into it for yourself. I don't want you guys to like, oh, I'm going to give a little bit of money to him once and be done. Um, get behind this if you're behind it. If you're not, then don't talk to me. Um, watch this Gathering Storm video from Vernon Felton. It's so good that the first 25 times I see Vernon Felton in person, I'm not going to punch him in the mouth for all of the stupid things that he says that piss me off. Um, watch the, watch the video. I want to talk about something a little bit less stressful. Okay. Um, lots of times I, I go riding it's with groups of people and don't get me wrong. I like riding with people. The conversations can be good. It's fun to stop and session stuff with people. You know, everybody can learn something. Uh, you can push each other, you know, to, to you push each other along. You know, I ride a whole lot faster with some of the guys that I ride with than I would normally ride by myself. Um, and, and it's because that's the way that they want to ride. And, and it's not beyond my skills to keep up. It's just beyond where I would push myself if I was riding by myself. So, you know, that said, it's, it's, it can be great fun. The problem is some places it seems like people really want to ride specific trails. Um, I'll use, for instance, Montgomery Bell State Park in Tennessee. It seems like everyone who can do more than ride just the red loop there wants to ride the race loop, possibly incorporating back blue in there. And, and that's fine, except that there are a lot of other trails out there. I kept hearing about those trails. Um, one of those trails in particular, the Goat Path, um, as a super little like technical ringer, uh, but alas, every time I was out there on the race loop, we rode right past it because it's not actually part of the race loop. So you have to commit to riding the entire race loop to get to and from it. And I promised myself that one day I would subject myself to the race loop um, once while I was out there to check out the goat path. And I'm, I'm glad I did. What a trail. I mean, next time I'm out there with a group, I'm going to lead the group. And, and, and as we're going up Charlotte's Ridge uh, and we loop around, I'm going to cut right down the goat path and I'm going to take everyone down the goat path. Um, it's got this little um, tight, semi-technical descent sort of thing going on. Um, you know, nice, tight trail. It's, it doesn't see as much traffic as, as a lot of stuff. So it really is, it really is a close trail. Um, so that's really cool. It reminds me of being, you know, kind of way out in the country where you've got, you know, these little bitty narrow trails and it's just a well-defined trail, but it's like you're dragging your handlebars and a brush on both sides. Um, it's cool stuff. Um, so you got this, this, uh, tight little semi-technical descent and, um, you you drop down to this great big gully that you cross repeatedly. I mean, um, I'm not doing it justice. Think about like a 30 foot tall G out, and uh, and then you got a good climb back up, like some tight Rudy switchbacks. And really, the only problem that I noticed is that while a race loop obviously gets trimmed for races, it's clearly been some time before anybody bothered uh, since anybody bothered to to trim any of the uh, encroaching vegetation on the goat path. So while the trail is, uh, you know, the path is well-defined, um, maybe the brush does get a little bit tight. There are a couple of briars sticking out there. Uh, yeah, you know, do what you got to with that. I'll take all of the brush growing in there as a clear indication that there aren't enough goats on the path and leave it at that. Now, I said something earlier about... Um, about four listeners and not three and uh, my mistake because uh, a couple of episodes ago, maybe uh, Richard and I were goofing around and, 
like I said, every podcast, uh, you know, kind of the running joke with podcasts is we got three listeners, right? Okay. I mean, well, that's a big podcast. Uh, most of them have two. Uh, we're lucky because, you know, uh, Ben, you know, syndicates this for me on mountain bike radio. I figure every now and again, somebody accidentally listens to it. We make it three. Right. But, uh, but Aaron shot me a message on Facebook and he said, Hey man, um, I listened to your show. I want you to know you got four listeners, not three. Um, it's awesome. Thank you. Uh, that might not be exactly what he said. Um, he, he did say he liked the show and he was looking forward to the next one. Here it is, Aaron. Um, and, and just on the spur of the moment, I kind of asked Aaron, I said, Aaron, what's your favorite trail? Um, because I like, I didn't know where Aaron was from or anything. I just said, what's your favorite trail, Aaron? Because uh, I'm always curious about what somebody's favorite trail is. And, uh, he indicated that one of his favorite trails was, uh, Lost Lake, uh, near, uh, Seward, Alaska. And I was kind of like, well, Alaska, my gosh, what's not to like any, anybody who knows me has known me for a while knows that like, Alaska, the entire state of Alaska is on my bucket list. If you, if you're in Alaska, you're no, you're okay. The entire state of Alaska is on my bucket list. I want to go to Alaska. I want to fly fish for salmon. I want to ride some of these killer trails. Um, I want to, I want to hang out at, at, at midnight on the solstice and broad daylight and, and, you know, drink a beer and, and shoot the bull with my friends. Um, I'd love to go up there and, and, you know, Alaska. All right. Lost Lake. He said, Lost Lake is, is one of my favorite trails. Aaron, Man, um, if I ever make it to Alaska, I'm going to make a point to, to get to Seward now because um, Lost Lake, like I went looking for it. He sent uh, a video that had some footage from Lost Lake, um, and I went looking for some other stuff. I found a bunch of pictures and, and just some great stuff on Lost Lake. Um, for a shortcut for a little bit of background on Lost Lake, you can hit uh, MTB Project. Uh, that's mtbproject.com. I'm, I'm sure you guys uh, probably all heard about them. If you haven't, mtbproject.com. Um, they have a phone app that will let you download topo maps with trail routes. So if you're somewhere like oh, like I was this past New Year's Eve on uh, the Southern Traverse outside of Harrisonburg, Virginia, just up there over top of Stokesville, you're not getting any cell phone service up there. But if you've got this, you can download the app. You've got the, the map right there, the route, your GPS on your phone, provided your battery is still charged, is going to tell you where you are, where the trail is, um, and where you went wrong. They've got a little write up on the trail. Uh, it, it looks like a fantastic ride. All I can tell you is all of these like stereotypical images that you see of Alaska where everything is beautiful. All of that applies to this trail. I'm talking about like 2,200 feet of, of ascending and uh, 2,200 feet of descending. You ride up to this lake, which is apparently absolutely gorgeous. I mean, unless my eyes deceive me, the pictures of it, the video of it, it's fantastic. It's great stuff. It says things that you need to know about the trail in case you're planning on going out there without doing any research. You need to know bear and moose are present in the area. I think I remember somebody having problem with moose. Beware. Um, it says the best way to avoid an interaction, and this might help more than just lost lake riders, is not surprising an animal. Use bells or sing or travel in a group. Hey, I got a little cowbell I like to zip tie to the uh, bottom of my seat during deer season so that I don't get shot. 
the problem is, is that some of the guys that I ride with want to shoot me when I do that. But um, anyway, hey, better the devil you know, right? So fantastic trail. I'm going to throw this out there. Guys, if you think that and gals, I'm not counting anybody out, just generically, hey, mountain bike radio listeners, if you've got a favorite trail, drop me a line. Let me know what your favorite trail is. Uh, I'm, I'm going to look at it, and, uh, man, I might give you a shout-out on the air and say something about your favorite trail. Hey, maybe you're hoarding your favorite trail. You don't want a bunch of traffic there. Um, and I have a feeling Lost Lake is hard enough to get to. They're not going to see a great big bump in traffic because I said something about it. And honestly, I mean, with four listeners, I'm probably not going to see any huge bumps in traffic anyway. But look, send me, you know, and uh, drop me a line with your favorite trail. Um, because like looking at trails like this makes me a whole lot happier than looking at stuff about uh, wilderness areas and stuff where I used to be able to ride a bike. So, uh, folks, man, if you want to tell me about your favorite trail, get in on the conversation on Facebook. Check out the Trailcast page at www.facebook.com slash trailcastpodcast. You can also follow along with what I'm up to on Twitter by following at Catharius, that's C-O-T-H-A-R-Y-U-S, and on Instagram with the same name, Catharius. I want to thank Ben profusely at Mountain Bike Radio for giving me a forum for this podcast. Head over to mountainbikeradio.com and support them. Check out some of the other shows. Remember, you can get them through Stitcher. You can download the Mountain Bike Radio app from the iTunes Store, Google Play Store. Um, you can also grab the, the podcast through iTunes. Uh, guys, if you like Mountain Bike Radio, hit the rating section, give it a review. Uh, Hey, good reviews make the podcast easier for everyone else to find. And uh, so that's a big deal. You guys can join Mountain Bike Radio as members. There's a lot of great stuff out here. You know, even even your friend who doesn't really mountain bike, but maybe like he's uh, he's hung out some with you and and said something about it. You know, recently uh, on LW Coaching, they did like your uh, your couch to 5k stuff they did a couch to 50 mile thing um i might need to get with the program it sounded pretty good now i don't spend a whole lot of time on the couch but um i've never done a 50 mile race either so uh you just never know hey look out Uh, i might uh no i won't pass ben he's probably much faster than me anyway guys that's it for episode nine of trailcast thanks for listening and remember you don't need mountains to mountain bike but you do need access to trails Uh,